Welcome to Passion Stories. I'm Rachel Fry, positive psychology coach. I help motivated and creative individuals discover their unique talents and strengths so they can apply that to more passion-driven work. In these episodes, you will hear people from different industries share their story about how they found and pursued work they are passionate about. They talk about what helped them get to where they are now and offer advice and tips to those looking to make changes in their own professional path. I hope you enjoy this episode. So it's good to see you. Good to see you as well. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you on this series, um, Passion Story series. And, you know, I, I'm excited for you to share your story and be able to chat with you about your journey so far. Um, you know, I, I've told you, we've talked about this before, but I really enjoy doing these conversations. Um, I think it's cool to hear people's stories and give them a chance to share their own story. And um, it's fun kind of doing these on Instagram too, because then we get to see each other. But these episodes are, you know, uploaded and available on the Passion Stories podcast on Apple and Spotify. So I'm laughing because you and I both have all these floral little kimonos. This wasn't planned. <laughs> I get some color. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're like spring into summer, so. Exactly. We're going to yeah. colorful year. It's time to celebrate. We've been bottled up enough. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I know. So, um, well, I wanted to have you on. I, I know that, well, do you want to give an intro to um, who you are and kind of what you're doing and focusing on right now? Yeah. Well, my name is Octavia. I live in uh, Charleston, South Carolina here, and um, my whole business is getting by is not enough. Essentially, uh, helping parents who have children with disabilities uh, get a plan of action to work on their dreams and goals. A lot of times we focus so much on our children that we tend to put ourselves on the back burner. So for me, my whole stance is how can I help the parents and then in turn help the child? Right. So that's my whole goal in uh, starting this business. Yes, it's great. And I, I'll just give a quick intro myself if, you know, there's new people jumping on or listening on the podcast. I am a positive psychology coach, so I'm helping people who want to take an idea or a passion or, you know, a creative project that they've had in the back of their mind and sort of bring it to life. And so a lot of times I'm working with people who, you know, want to fuse that passion or interest into the work they're doing and then I like to help and then helping them align that with their strengths and a lot of what my positive psychology studies was on, you know, looking at people's strengths, what do they do well naturally? And, um, that kind of gives you that sustaining energy, I think over time to keep pursuing the things you want to do well. So, yeah. Um, so I wanted to have Octavia on this series. Uh, we know each other from, uh, our business group. So we're always helping. Yeah balls together, staying in touch about things, giving each other support and feedback. And I've always admired how Octavia just kind of goes after her goals. She'll come on her uh-huh. like, I think I'm going to try this out. We're like, whoa. All right. Thank so, you. I don't know if that's the daredevil mentality is always good, but. <laughs> you just kind of go for things, which I love. And I think it always kind of gives me that sometimes that spark and inspiration that I need to try things out. And, you know, you're not afraid to put yourself out there. You're hopping on this podcast. And then I know you're going on, you have a couple others lined up in the near future and you're always so positive and smiling and we're we're chatting. So I always appreciate that energy. And um, I think you're also just doing important work. I don't know a lot of people trying to help the parents, you know, I think there's probably a lot of focus on how do we help the mm-hmm. child? How do we yep. get the child? And, in, you know, then it's sort of the, the parent really needs to be in a good place too to create, you know, that foundation of the, for the child. And I think, you know, parents want, still have dreams. They don't want to give those up if just mm-hmm. children. So especially children with, you know, disabilities where there's a lot more variables to navigate. And, um, yeah, so I think it's great work you're doing and oh, thank you to share. <laughs> uh, thank you. so the first question I wanted to ask, you know, what was, what initially got you interested in helping parents with children with disabilities? Well, it started with my own son. I mean, back in 2015, it was, I tell you, this was a tumultuous year. Okay. So in January that year, I got laid off. 
Um, I turned 40 in March of that year. And then my son was diagnosed. We noticed he started having some challenges. And we, you know, went to doctors, talked to them. And then officially we got, you know, a diagnosis for him. So that he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And then as many people know, when you get one diagnosis, you tend to get two or three others with it. So it really started me and my husband on this journey of, a world we didn't know anything about. I mean, doctors and therapies and testing and insurance coverage. I mean, it took us down the road that we had no idea even existed. And so later on in that year, 2015, I went to um, an event that the one of the providers in the areas was having. Other mothers were there, and I was. And my at this time, my son was two, and their their children were older, like maybe seven, eight, or nine. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to me and how. I felt these women were beautiful inside and out, but they had gotten so inundated with their child's diagnosis that they had, you know, lost a little bit of who they were. Because I asked one like, I said, so what, what do you do? And she goes, well, I raised my son. I go, well, before you did that, would you be in a career? And it, it, I could see like the surprise on her face that no one really had asked her that question. And mm-hmm. so it made me wonder, well, how can I be the best parent for my son, give him everything that he needs, but also making sure that, my goals and dreams are being fulfilled at the same time. Right. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, and you remember Natalie Member, yeah. Natalie Miller, who was in our yeah. group, and she has this, fake, this great quote that I love that talks about as moms, we are the sun and your family is a solar system. If you flare, your lights dim, your family feels it. Mm-hmm. So if you are not feeling you know, needed in this world, appreciated, doing you felt, doing what you think you need to do, that in turn is going to translate to how you're, what your child does and doesn't give, and your family too. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just looking at a lot of moms that I met along the way who I felt like they had put themselves on the back burner. And I said, there's no way that you can have an expansive life and be curious and create creativity and, and pour all that into your child if you're not pouring it into yourself. Yeah. So that started me on this whole thing about getting by is not enough. It's not enough to get by every day. You need to Take things, take charge of those things, have your dreams and goals, and you can still give your child everything that they need at the same time. And how can we do this simultaneously for a benefit for our child and a benefit for ourselves? Right. And how, so how would you think, how would you say that, you know, parents who have children without disabilities versus with disabilities, kind of where, where is the difference? Like, why do they need this extra support to help them go after their own goals? So that's a great point. So my daughter, typical mm-hmm. teenager, you know, that's what I'm saying. We didn't know anything about this world to my son who came along as our second child that didn't know anything about it. But as a parent, we're all busy. We're all dealing with, you know, things that, you know, I tell, we never, no one, none of us were ever given a parenting manual. <laughs> so I laugh. None of us are giving a parenting manual. So we're all figuring this out. Day you day. can try. You can get a lot of that. But when you have a child with a disability, you're entering a whole other world. You're entering a world of uh, special education and dealing with the school system and trying to get an IEP, which is an individualized educational plan. It's basically a legally binding document on the services that your child's going to get. And in addition to the goals they're going to work on in school year, you're dealing with different therapies that you have to have for your child's speech, OT, ABA, play therapy. You're dealing with not just your regular pediatrician, then you may have three other pediatricians you're dealing with. And then the medication side of it. So granted, when you have a, a typical child, you you have your normal school day-to-day things. But when you have a child with disability, it's times three in what you're dealing with. I mean, when I look at the team that it takes to help me with my son, I mean, you're talking 30, 40 people. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- that's the difference. So it's just that as a parent of a child with disability, it's just more to do. There's more on your list. There's more phone calls that have to be made, more phone calls to the insurance company, and more decisions that have to be made, too. I thought I was pretty good at making decisions. But when my son came along, I felt like I was in decision fatigue. <laughs> you know, there's so many that have to be made. Mm-hmm. But that's really the true difference there. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that makes so much sense. And, and you know, for you having a daughter without disabilities and then having, a, then, you know, your next child, your son having disabilities, you probably you know, talk about not having a manual for having, um, I don't want to use the word regular or normal, but, you know, re- <laughs> just having children in general is your typical child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It requires a lot of, you know, knowledge, effort, trial and error. And then, 
you know, throw in the mix of having the disabilities. And I, I could see how parents just don't even know where to start or what to do or, you know, because our, our system and society is obviously not set up for all of these things, you know, and I know that you talked about, we've talked about that one-on-one, -on -one, how, you know, your team and how you need to have, um, you need to be like creating your own team and not rely on outside. You need to be the team lead. Yeah. <laughs> You're the you know, that's, that's, that's some of the things that I always talk about, the two C's, control and choices. And I think a lot of times we as parents with children with disabilities don't think we have a lot of choices and we don't have a lot of options, but I'll, at, we really have more control than we think. It's just knowing how to play the card. And I think that's where people get tripped up and they don't know how to lay that out in a way that's beneficial for their child and for them and to get what you need. You know, I always say it's better to catch, you know, bees with honey, but you're going to have to be firm on some of the things that you need. So it takes a team effort, collaborative effort with doctors, therapists, teachers, everyone. And if you have someone on your team who's not a player, then you know what happens? You get kicked off the team. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of how it works. I love, I love you say that with a big break. you find somebody too. else. <laughs> but come on. <laughs> yes, so. You know, it's, it's this whole thing about, you know, um, and I know you and I are going to talk about a little bit later on, but I'm going to bring it up since we're, you know, talking about it right now, this decision fatigue that people yeah, get in. Yeah, I wanted you so, to up. As Rachel, every March, typically, if you're, you have a child who has an IEP, you have to reevaluate it. So it's basically saying what took place this year, what goals my child did or did not accomplish, and what are we going to do for the following year? So you look at it, you evaluate it, you assess it, and you say maybe they don't need this service or they need this service or they need to work on this goals. And I can't, I guess, I've, I don't know if I've ever paid attention to, but I felt like this year I saw so many videos with parents, moms crying about going into this meeting or coming out of this meeting feeling like they didn't get what they need. Mm -hmm. And I was just so... It it, it it pulled my heartstrings on because I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think, again, focusing on the parent saying you have more control than you think. So for me, I created a free resource called Get Off the Fence and Make a Decision because we spend a lot of time. I mean, I can't tell you how many nights I've been on Facebook two o'clock in the morning researching doctors and therapies mm -hmm. and just different things for my son. And sometimes you do that and you don't make a decision. You just sit on it. And my thing is that here's a checklist. When you have a decision to make, run it through these filters and then make a decision. But also know too that 90% of the decisions we make are refundable, which means that you can exchange it, you can return it. I mean, let's be honest, some people, you know, get divorced. That's an exchange. That's a return. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's you saying, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> take it back. <laughs> I'm going to take this back. <laughs> let's start over. So, so 90% of the decisions that we make in life are refundable. So we yeah. go into making decisions thinking, okay, if this doesn't work, I can turn around and do something else. That makes it so much easier to make that decision, right? Right. It's not, this is, this is the final decision, you know, exactly. you're, you're going to kind of evolve, like, you know, figure it out as you go. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's not etched in stone. It's not a life sentence. You can right. go back and say, I want to do this again. I have a do-over. And when it comes to picking out resources for your, your child, whether it's a therapist or a doctor, you can say, mm, this isn't working for me. I got to do something else. Yes. No, I love yeah. that. So, so there's a free resource on my link in bio and Instagram right. that you can and download. I will include that in on California. Yes, and I will include that in the episode notes, too. I checked it Thank out you. Uh, when, when you sent it over. It looks great. And I, Thank you. I can see how that would... It's not even, you know, something I would have thought about, but decision fatigue, I think in general is a real thing. And people, yeah. I don't think sometimes people are even aware that that might be what's, you know, you're putting things off decisions to make because you're just like mm -hmm. overwhelmed by too much information. And right now, I think because we've been relying so heavily on the internet this past year, um, exactly. you know, it's easier, I think, to go down that rabbit hole of the Facebook groups, the, the web yep. searching, and sometimes web searching. Exactly scary so <laughs> but eventually you're gonna have to get off the fence and make that decision yes <laughs> i mean eventually you're gonna have to you just can't stay there so it's, it's it's a matter of just making that decision but again knowing when you go into it i can change my mind i can pull this back right and i think that's important for people to know i love that so you know and i wanted to talk more and we've talked about this individually but 
you know, why does this work continue to be so meaningful for you? Because I know you went from a completely different career and now you're yeah. taking on a new chapter in your life. <laughs> so I was curious, you know, did you learn, hear, hear more about that? So for the longest time, I was in broadcast media sales, which essentially I put commercials on the air. Whether you were Ford or Publix or whatever, I had a hand in some of these local TV stations and handling this business. And I did it on a national level, local level, regional level, and I also did a little bit of radio, national radio too. So I came from a completely different um, you know, career going into this. But the one thing I will say is that in being in that career, I had to learn to be creative, strategic. I put plans together. I work with clients. And you're talking about catching bees with honey. You really have to negotiate and advocate when it comes to negotiating these media buys that I used to um, mm -hmm. play. So to, for me, it was a strength for me. But it's something I had always done. So when I had to go into uh, talk to a doctor or negotiate with the insurance company and getting something paid, it was kind of a seamless transition for me because it's something I'd always done mm -hmm. career-wise. And then, too, I tell people my background. I grew up with a single mom, you know, I lived in the country, you know, so I was used to negotiating and figuring things out and finding a way. So that all played into a career and then transitioned to getting my son the help that he needed as well. So... That's kind of how I got into this. Yes. And does, and you, you've talked to your son about what you're doing and is he like, does he kind of know what you're trying to do right now or how does he? Um, he understands a little bit. He okay. sees me more on video and he thinks that's cool. Now my teenager, my 15 year old daughter, she thinks it's great. I mean, she thinks it should be talked about more. Um, she's very supportive. You know, she's in here talking about my ring light and how she wants to use it for TikTok. <laughs> Do you have your ring light on? <laughs> yes, compliments of my hairstyle, as you said. I should probably have one. She's like, it's a, a household staple these days, which I didn't know. <laughs> I don't even have a ring light. I feel like I should. I should <laughs> Hope it's healthy. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you talk about, you know, going from a career, I know you were working for other people for a long time. Why has it been important for you to then take this niche and create your own business? Well, you know, like, again, I'm working in the media business. I was a part of a lot of buyouts. I mean, I can, this, this media company bought this one. And after a while, I said, you know what? I need more control over um, my day-to-day. -day. I mean, I need more control on what I have to say. I have big ideas. And I just, being a little peon in a big Fortune 500 company, it just wasn't suitable for me. And so when... My son had this diagnosis. I said, okay, how can I take all of this skill that I've learned over the years and really find a way to help parents? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was more of how can I turn this really this pain into purpose in a way? How can I find ways to help more people? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I put politicians on the air when I was working. I was like, I don't know how productive that is. We've seen how our political landscape is. How can yeah. I find something that's more productive that I can really um, help these kids? You know, when you look at the statistics, one out of nine children um, under the age of 18 in the United States today get special education services. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. You're talking one in every 26 American family is raising a child with a disability. Mm -hmm. And 50% of caregivers who have children with disabilities says it's hard to balance work and, and family. So there's a real need out there, and it's a growing population. So when you see more and more children who are going to need these services, there's going to be more and more parents who are going to need support as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I said, why can I have something that's getting by is not enough and saying, how can I help these parents? And then in turn, they'll be able to help their children. Right. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And just taking, like like you said, this years of, you know, information and mm -hmm. skill building that you had to develop on your own and figure yeah. out, you can kind of package it now and make it more succinct and more available for, you know, for parents and streamline that process almost for them. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's very hard. It's difficult because there's not a one size fits all formula. You know, some kids are going to need a little bit more. Some are going to need a little, 
a little bit less, but how is you as a parent, regardless, nothing, anything may change with your child, but you, the parent, are the constant in that picture. So what can you do to make sure there's consistency for your child, consistency for yourself? And my thing is that, you know, that old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. My thing is, well, if you fill that cup up, which is the parent, that overflow goes to your family. It goes to your child. Right. It goes to your other kids. It goes to your friends. It goes to your family. But first, it starts with you. Because I think, and I say self-care and, and filling yourself up. I don't mean, you know, getting your hair done and getting your nails done, which is great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also mean, like, if you have put a career on hold to take care of your child, or if you've put off going back to school, or if you have a hobby that you want to now turn into a full-time job, those are the things that really fill you up and light you up and say, okay, I feel like I have a purpose here. There's mm -hmm. something, this, this is a little piece of the pie for me. And when that little piece of pie is just for you and that pie grows, everyone else benefits from that. Right. And including your child who has disabilities, too, so... Right, so helping parents sort of shift their purpose from just the focal point being on the child to, you know, having something away from the child, away from mm -hmm. the thing that they can call their own. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, with self-care, yeah, I think it's, you talk so much about self-care and what that looks like. Yeah. It looks like different things for different people, and I always think of it as, like, grids, you know, having different buckets that you want to fill up, like exercise, eating well, like, yep. Spirituality, you know, work is one of those buckets. And if you, you know, if there's a complete imbalance happening, then, you know, the other boxes might suffer. It's true. I mean, I mean, don't get it wrong. I mean, after my son, you know, was diagnosed in 2015, I got back into another job. I got into another media job. My, my daughter was in school. I was running around. And I thought, you know, I was basically holding it together which I always thought I was pretty good at doing that. But then I had a wake up moment when I was in the hair salon about a year or two later. And my daughter sent me um, a podcast that said, stop overthinking. <laughs> and that means, I mean, from an 11 year old, I mean, that's pretty intuitive, you know? <laughs> One smart I word I thought I had going on. And she saw straight through it. And so that really was the thing of like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting by day to day, but even my 11 year old sees that I could probably be doing a little bit more um, in terms of for myself. Wow. So that really started this whole, it's been a two year kind of journey on getting to where I am today. Nothing starts overnight, but right. yeah, it's important to, for all of us to find something that's a piece of pie just for us, our family, our children, they're vital to, to our lives, but you got to have something for you at the yeah. end of the day. Maybe you'll have a future business partner. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> your daughter. Especially if she wants to use our ring light, so. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're going to be sharing the ring light. Um, so what are, you know, you've mentioned briefly earlier um, using some of your strengths and skills that you had in your previous career. What, what strengths do you see that you're using and able to apply with, business that you're growing right now so i'll be honest with you and you've probably taken that same that gallup test that talks yeah. about your strengths and i kind of always knew it but never really you know paid any attention to it. but after i took that test i was like okay all my strengths are pretty much in strategy and execution mm -hmm. and i said that kind of makes sense in yeah. terms of the career i went into which was media sales and then i've always been a planner i mean i'm always writing down something always planning i mean a planner i feel lost without my planner I'm old school. I believe in writing things down. So yep. for me, it's always been planning ahead, mm -hmm. looking at the big picture, looking at the options. Because, you know, again, raising a child that many people would consider out of the box, I have to have a, an unconventional approach sometimes to things. Like I had one pediatrician who was fantastic. She was great for my, doc for my daughter. But I told her, I need a cowboy for my son. I need someone who knows how to buck the system. On commercials or whatever, I've always had to think in a different, um, I had to think bigger, bigger mm -hmm. options. And to me, going with my son now, I have to take the non-traditional route with him. And it's in a way, it pushes me out of my, completely out my my zone in terms of doing that with him. But it's, yeah. it's been helpful for him. I think so. He seems to be doing well. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, you mentioned execution and that was 
you know, that was one of the things I mentioned just when we first started chatting today was how, you know, you come on our calls and you're like, I think I'm going to try doing this. I think I'm going to try doing this. <laughs> the next week you've done it like four times. You're like, what? <laughs> what have I been doing this week? <laughs> you know, so that execution, uh, not everyone has that strength of, um, you know, getting things done. You know, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of almost like your freebie. It's like, all right, like let's step out of overthinking into mm-hmm. action. And so, you know, you bring that strength, I think is so important as, as a business owner, especially, you know, earlier on in your business career, because you really have to just try things and not yeah, be Yeah, you have to, <laughs> but that's life in general. It's whether you, you have business. I mean, we all are just trying things. I mean, when you go in a store and you see there's a new product that's on sale, you know, two for $5, you're like, well, I've never bought it. It's on sale. I'll try it and see. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a life that we live that we have to step outside sometimes. So for yes. me, you know, I've always kind of, you know, like I said, bucked the system a little bit. So when it came to my son, I said, okay, I've kind of always been a little unconventional. I'll continue <laughs> to do the same with, with him, you know, look at this from a different, you know, lens and and you have to you know and i think people get caught up into well this worked for my son or this didn't work here i'm like well don't worry about what everyone else did keep your lens on and focus on you don't worry about what everyone else do what you need to do for you i'm gonna gonna throw a little jada pinkett in here do you you have to do you at the end of the day. And I think a lot of times people get worried about what's going on to their left and the right. They need to stay front and center. And so I'm a big person about if this works for my son, I'm going to try it. I don't care if 10 other people tried it and it didn't work for them, but I'm going to stay with here. And I think people need to get out of that mentality of mm-hmm. do what you need to do for you. If it doesn't work for somebody else, then that's okay. Right. But you have to focus on what you need, what your family needs, and don't worry about anyone else. Right. Yeah. That, that goes back to that, that, you know, metaphor you had earlier of having your team, having, being the team captain and, yep. you know, your child the best. So you're going to know if somebody else offers advice, like, you know, say it works for them. It might not necessarily work, you know, mm-hmm. depending on your son's personality or the different, you know, level of the disability where it's at, you know, it, I think you're right. It's, you know, listening to that intuition and, <laughs> Taking in the resources, but then sort of molding it to fit, you know, your own special team. (laughs) And you have to. I mean, I tell people, I said, my whole, that whole notion, that whole slang I have on team lead, it didn't come from me. It came from, I was talking to someone on an educational system for my son. And she was like, well, such and such is the team lead. And I talked to her and I said, wait a minute, I'm the team lead. You didn't talk to me. I'm his mother. I'm the team lead. You talk to me. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's also setting up those boundaries and expectations with others too, letting them know that I'm the team lead. So if anything is running through a filter that needs to be done for my son, you have to talk to me and creating a team as well. I mean, I know sometimes there's kind of an adversary um, role with the parents in the school system or parents and the therapist. And I really try not to, to do that um, because it's collaborative effort. But when I feel like someone, again, back to my nation, isn't part of the team and really doesn't fit for my son, then I move on. I pick someone else. But I think it's clear that we have to learn how to lay out our expectations, what you need, and you have to find people who are going to fill those holes with it. And if they can't fill it, then you find someone else. Yes. It's all about expectations and boundaries, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boundaries, yeah. De- declaring you're the team lead and letting people yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, so now she knows I'm the team lead. She <laughs> <laughs> emails, I'm the team lead. <laughs> you're going to have a name soon. Octavia, team lead. <laughs> I'm the team lead. <laughs> uh, so what, you know, what continues to help you with your confidence to pursue your goals as an entrepreneur? You know, for me, it's more or less when I hear people say, you know what, Octavia, I didn't think about it from that perspective. You know, my son has had all these challenges or my my daughter has this disability, but I never thought about myself and all of this. But again, so many resources when you join these, you know, organizations and these nonprofits, they're geared towards the children, which is fantastic. I have a lot of great nonprofits in my area who do tremendous work in this community, but no one's really saying, okay, what is something solely just for the parent? And it's not about sitting down, talking about their challenges, which is, which is important. But someone saying, what are your dreams? What did you used to do? What do you want to do? 
What is something you've been thinking about? You're not sure how to bring to fruition. That's when people, I see the light bulb go off and they go, okay, I've never really thought about it from that standpoint. And I feel like that's what fuels me to keep going. When a mom says, you know what? I don't even have a child with a disability, but what you're saying makes sense to me too. So yeah. that's the confidence I get to keep doing this work that I feel it is so vital for all of us, especially when we have a growing population and we're going to have more and more children who are going to enter the school system, who are going to have services that they need. But again, mm-hmm. what about these parents too that are behind the scenes? Because the service are only as good as the parents who are behind the scenes who are helping to implement it um, on back end. So. Right. Right. So, you know, hearing, or just having that purpose with your work kind of keeps your confidence. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Hearing the feedback from parents who's saying, I, I like what you're doing. So that's, that's, that's always a, a confidence booster for me. Yeah, that's great. And do you have any, do you have recurring fears that come up? You know, things that, that um, when, and when they do, what do you, what's, you know, your process of working around them? You know, my thing about fear is that, you know, I used to have a boss who used to say, don't worry about something you can't control. Mm -hmm. And so I try to focus my fears on what I can't control. For me, it's my son. I I think of, okay, 10 years, what is his life going to look like? 15 years, what is his life going to look like? So to me, I said, instead of worrying or being fearful of that, I work today to how I can change the outcome for tomorrow. So for me, anytime there's something that's fearful or is worrisome, don't worry about the things you can't control. Worry about what you can control and take action on it. And I think a lot of times people look at, okay, I have a child who has, you know, autism. Okay, what am I going to do? And that's a big challenge to have on your shoulder. It's really hard, but okay, but what are the tiny steps I can take every day towards this? Like today, I spoke with his OT, his occupational therapist, and I said, okay, he's been really good about identifying his emotions. Okay, what's the next step? And so to me, it's always, what's the baby step that we can take? So you're going to do that in therapy. Okay, let me talk to this teacher. Let me see what me and James can do. How can we help him? So to me, getting out of fear is always, the antidote to fear is taking action. Hmm. Taking a step, doing something. Right. Yes, I love that. And the, the like breaking things down into more measurable management. Exactly. Rather than, you know, worrying about the worst case scenario or the what ifs. Yeah, it could happen in a few years. It's true because I think a lot of times we look at these big goals that we want and we, and again, that overwhelm, that decision fatigue sets in, but we say, okay, if I can take three steps today, mm-hmm. what are those three steps going to be? And then the next week I take another three steps. We break things down into measurable baby steps that we can feel like we actually accomplished something. So when you get six months down the road and you look back, you're like, you know, I really did accomplish a lot. Mm -hmm. So it really comes down to just the baby steps along the way. I've learned to my son that this is not a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. We're going to take our time and it's going to take, you know, I mean, it took a year for him really to, to start talking, you know, and even a little longer now, he still has more ways to go. So to me, it's not about, am I in this for the long haul? But nothing in life is really a sprint. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, nothing, nothing is. You know, everything's a marathon and we have to take baby steps and train along the way to get there. But I think it's just a matter of just doing something a little each and every day that takes to get there. So if you have a dream, you want to go back to school, start with a baby step. Maybe say, maybe I'll do research for 15 minutes tonight and see what I'm interested in doing. Or one of my favorite, take the strengths finders test with Gallup and figure out where my strengths are and see where that, you know, leads me to. So just taking little steps along the way to help your step, I think will have big, you know, results at the end. So. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I, that just popped into my head when you're saying that when I was looking at going just, um, you know, okay, let me just go hop on the internet. Oh, there you are. You, you froze for a minute. <laughs> okay. I'm back. <laughs> I was saying a few years ago, you know, when I was looking at grad school, that overwhelm of, I don't know, you know, in what program do I want to do? Do I want to pay for it myself or am I going to have to move? It was like so many variables that I didn't know, you know, what the answer to were. But I remember my first step was just looking Google <laughs> or, you know, yeah. I talked to a couple of people and it was just, you know, got the ball rolling and then I ended up finding a great 
program, but I think you're right. It's how do you take those big goals, break them down into smaller manageable steps. So you, you know, each week you're feeling like there's some flow, you have momentum. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I love your, you know, the antidote to fear is taking action. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's, it's a big thing. I mean, you sit there and worry, worry, worry. And it's like, okay, what are you doing to get past that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got you to take action. You can't just sit yeah. there and worry about it. You got to move. So talking about, you know, you having a team for your son, I was curious what support ha- continues to help you with your own business right now. You and the group that we're a part of is <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> The baddest group of ladies on online. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been fantastic. And then I can't, I have an amazing, wonderful husband. I tell people he's my biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter. He he used to work in TV production. So of course I'm giving him a hard time about setting up everything today, getting everything ready. He's like, wait a minute. I can't do it anymore. He's like, you're acting like you're going to see it and hold on. She's my biggest supporter. My friends, there's my friend Darcy on here. She's my friend since third grade. Um, So I have many. You there? Yes. Can you? Can okay. You, you went out for a minute. We're back. <laughs> All right. So you were, I was saying, you know, what you were talking about your husband and how you got on him with the, the being the producer, I guess. Yes. Producer so he's my biggest supporter. Like I said, you know, my friends, I was saying how my and friend Darcy, who's on here is yeah. my friend since third grade. You ladies that I joined part of our group. And I just have amazing um, support system, you know, so family and friends are important for me, even former co-workers who, you know, support me. And so that's what just keeps me going. So I, 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 I feel very blessed to have good family and friends. That's great. Yes. And I think too, probably so many are encouraging because, you know, it, it's such a great service that you're offering to parents. So, if, you know, other parents are seeing it, it's like, yes, get that out there. <laughs> yes. And especially my husband, he's like, okay, we got to work on your LinkedIn next. <laughs> I love it. He's like, you got to do that. <laughs> it's a whole other world. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> so, you know, what would, what, um, advice would you give to others? Cause you're not quite, I don't think you're quite at the beginning of your stages now with your business. Um, I know we joined an earlier entrepreneur group, but I, you know, I feel like you're, you, I see your momentum and I guess, cause I'm seeing you each week, you know, you're building, you have so, you already have so many of your resources and all the tools and things that, you know, you don't have to go and learn all this stuff. You've like kind of learned it yourself. Now you're <laughs> putting it on this platform essentially to make it accessible to, People. So I was curious, you know, if you thought of yourself when you first were thinking about this idea, you know, how would you encourage others to take that idea? And then, you know, when they're thinking, oh, is this possible? Can I do this? You know, what advice would you give to them in that stage? Well, you know, for me being like a strong type A personality, I always <laughs> want everything to be perfect. And, and this is just not going to happen. Sometimes you just have to roll with the dice saying, hey, it's going to be you know, okay, it's not going to be perfect and just roll with it and being able to to experiment with it too. You know, we always talk about in business, just, just try it, you know, figure out who your audience is, 
how you can solve a problem and then try different things. And if it doesn't work, look at it, reassess and move forward. And so my thing is that, again, that whole decision thing, sometimes even when we make decisions, they don't work out, we get stuck. We just stay there. And this is like, okay, if I try something that doesn't work, reevaluate it, tweak it and try it again or try something else. And so to me, my, I spent a whole life, I feel like, experimenting and trying things, <laughs> you know? So here I am, this whole business thing. I'm like, I'm still experimenting. I'm still trying things, you know? I'm still trying to figure out Instagram. I'm not really doing the Facebook thing that much, but I am on Instagram. <laughs> so working on a website, it's coming, but I'm still here. So yeah. nothing's ever going to be, you know, perfect A to Z, but right. keep putting it out there. And then all the stars align up eventually, but everything will come together. But that doesn't mean that you can't go with what you have. And again, I think that translates into our children. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. You know, there's some times where he still has meltdowns in school. We've reduced them, but he still has them. Right. And so, and that's the goal is, okay, my, my goal is never not to say there's never going to be any meltdowns. My goal is how can we reduce them to maybe one or two at school? How can we reduce them to maybe one or two at home? And I think that's how we have to look at ourselves. Nothing's ever going to be, whatever we do, but at least you still have to be in the game. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was going to say, it's almost like, how do you take that first step where you're thinking about your idea or something you want to do? And, you know, what's that, what's that next step to even get it out, you know, something that's just a thought into something that could be, you know, more tangible, like mm-hmm. what, what, what would the next step, you know, what were the next steps for people at that stage? You know? Well, to me, it's like, think about what is, and what, what I want to provide is that really solving a problem. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem I'm trying to solve? And is it a viable audience? So to me, if you have a special interest, join a Facebook group and see what people are commenting, what they're saying. And then you ask questions and then you comment and see if this, if what I'm really interested in doing, is this a problem that needs to be solved? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing, doing some research too, because again, as parents of children with disabilities, we know how to do research all day, every day. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing you learn how to, you know, I tell Google's like your best friend in your pocket and your phone. That is your <laughs> best friend. You can Google a doctor, a therapist, whatever. Join a Facebook group, whatever you're interested in, and see what people are saying. And, and, com- and like I said, engage and comment as well, and then start from there. Yeah. But before you move further, you just got to make sure whatever you want to do, it's solving a problem that has true benefits that people mm-hmm. can um, get outcomes from. Right. Yes. I love that. I think, you know, it's so important, like you said, having that support and having, um, you know, people you can talk to about your ideas. And I was going to mention too, for anybody who's watching and might be interested, I'm doing a first, my first free workshop next week, uh, kind of to mimic that, you know, space where people can come and creatively talk out loud about maybe a business idea or project they want to do, but maybe that, you know, that, hoping that that could help with that, you know, that step process, like you mentioned, um, it could be just one step, you know, maybe I just show up in, in this group and I talk about it, get some ideas, see what people say, and maybe I get some new perspectives. So yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, we need to, sometimes we need to talk things through sometimes, but I think it's also important too who you're talking to at the same time. Yes. <laughs> so you're talking to someone who's never really, you know, had a job or never really did anything. That probably isn't a person you should be talking to. <laughs> so right. making sure you have like-minded people who, when you're, you're talking about whether your child or talking about your dream that you're doing with that workshop, that they understand you and they're in solidarity with you and they understand they can give you valuable valuable feedback on it. And right. so I, I love that idea in creating these <laughs> communities of people that you can turn to for support. Right. Exactly. Yes. You know? So, so what are, so tell us what about, you know, what are some of the projects and things you're working on now that you want to. So the first one I have is, um, that's already up my link, um, Mm -hmm. in my bio on Instagram is decisions. I I talked earlier about how I felt like people were really struggling this spring and maybe had to do with the COVID and and some people are still, you know, doing schooling at home with their kids, but they really struggle at making decisions. So I have a free resource, um, downloaded It's called, um, get off the fence and make a decision. So that's my first one. And then I have a second free resource that'll come out probably in a month or two. And I talk about my two C's, um, choices and control. 
lot of times we feel like we don't have it, but you have more than you think. Again, you just have to know how to play that card. And then in October, I'm going to do a, um, a course that's going to talk about, again, about you want to turn, you know, you want to get promoted on your job. You want to go back to school. You want to step back into career or you just want to turn that passion into a project for yourself, well, I'm going to teach a framework for you to create a plan of action to be able to do it. So it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to have some weekly Zoom calls. It's going to have a private Facebook group. And I yeah. tell people this, you know, as a mother, I have my June Cleaver days, and then I have my Medea days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try to have more June Cleaver than Medea days. But said, this class is going to be like, um, doing have more June Cleaver and adding in a little more Beyonce. So that's going to be this what this class is about. So you can be fierce, <laughs> you can be bad, you can show up every day as your full self and take care of your child too. That's great. Yes. Yeah, I love that you're encouraging parents to to do that because I think I think especially. I mean, I think being a parent already has its challenges in our society today. Yes. And with our schedules and juggling so many different things, mm-hmm. and then you add that extra layer of the um, you know if your child has a disability. You know, it's, I I see it as just not just, you know, the trying to maneuver with your child, but it's also how do I figure out how to do this? There's not really a a plan or a mapped out thing for people to just follow or to do it. You know, I I can see how that would be just a time suck and an energy suck. And then, you know, then at the end of the day, it's like, I don't have, I don't want to make time to do my own thing. I, yeah. I'm tired. And it's hard. And you got all these productivity gurus are telling you, everybody got the same 24 hours a day. I'm like, yeah, but Beyonce has a cook, a chef, or a, a chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. So no, my 24 hours don't look like Beyonce's 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they probably Especially don't. Especially <laughs> when I'm dealing with, you know, medications and therapy doctors and, OT and speech and school, you know, that's very different. So our lives look different, but that doesn't mean that we still can't have a full, big, purposeful life like anyone else. Because we're also raising children with disabilities. It doesn't mean that. You have to find different ways to get there. I would, and I would almost argue it it gives you additional skills too. Exactly. After. (laughs) It's so true because you learn how to be an advocate real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like you talked about getting out of your comfort zone, you know, um, the resiliency of trying to juggle all of those things. And I think I would, I would think that it would only just add to your toolkit and it you does. Know, make that much more successful. If you right. know, wanted to start a business or do something kind of off the beaten path, um, it would, it would help with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell people all the time, I said, my son kicked the introvert out the corner. <laughs> Talk about me. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I can be in the corner with him when you have a child with disabilities. You got to full on be in front of the room, talk. I mean, there's just no way that it can happen. So I think we've all brought on those additional skill sets that we probably didn't think we had. But now how can you leverage them, not for your son, but also for your child, but also for yourself too? How can you use them as an advantage? And also a gift to the world, too. You know, to me, I I keep thinking about the 600,000 Americans in a year who who died from a disease that we had no idea. Basically, our our world shut down in a week. And so to me, you you can't wait. Because when I look at those 600,000 people, a lot of them had dreams and goals that never came to Mm -hmm. fruition. Not one single, maybe many of them didn't. But if you're here today, you're in the game, you're here day to day, Take those dreams off the back burner and find a way to make them happen because none of us are promised tomorrow. Right. So how can you do that today? Right. And that's why my program is about to fall. Helping right. you get on get on that path and bring a little Beyonce with us too. Right. I wish we could bring her chef and her driver too, but I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can help you maybe some of the fierceness, but I can't help you with the, the rest of those things. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm leaving with like Octavia motiva- motivational speech, like <laughs> For myself, and I'm not even a parent. <laughs> well, you can join the program too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just in case. Oh man. So you know where can where can people find you right now if they want to connect? 
So right now, the best place to find me is on Instagram. Getting by is not enough. I post there typically um, five days a week. I believe in taking the weekends off, so you may not see me on Saturday and Sunday, but I'm pretty there consistently. I will be putting links to free resources that I have in my bio. And then download those free resources, because then you'll get on my email list. And then I'll be giving little special bonuses and things for my program coming up in October. And you'll just hear some fun things. And I'm going to try to do more video, too. So. We'll see. Yes, I think you should. Now you have your ring light, your producer. <laughs> and Rachel's encouragement, I'm definitely going to try more. <laughs> uh, well, so what's one piece of advice you would leave, you know, parents that might be, that might be hearing this on the podcast? You know, what, what could they do today even? Just one small step to help with their One sleep. small step today is to know that the power is within you mm-hmm. for your child's trajectory in life. It starts and stops with you. It's not with a therapist. It's not with the doctor. It's not with the teacher. It's not the medication. It's not with the insurance company that you fight with every week. It's with you. It starts with you. So if you want to see your child grow and live to their fullest potential, it starts with you. Right. So whatever you are putting on the back burner or not doing for yourself, that's going to show up for your child. So the more you pour into yourself, that's going to live an expansive life and all that's going to trickle over into your family. Start with you. What do you need right now today? Right. Wow. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Inspirational quotes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, I love it. It's almost like the visual for me that came up was, uh, you know, filling your own cup and then having that cup overflow into yep. your child's cup. Yep, it overflows. No one, I love that saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, but if an overflowing cup, it benefits everyone around you. And it goes back to my saying, I love that, you know, as women, we are the sun and our family is a solar system. However our lights flare or dim, it, it's a reflection on our family and how they feel. Again, at June Cleaver and Medea thing. My family knows when I'm being a Medea day. <laughs> then I have to always check myself and say, okay, why am I being Medea today? What's going on with me? <laughs> yeah. And then I have to look and say, okay, I'm going to try to do a little June Cleaver, but I got Medea going on today. What do I need to address? What's going on here? I love that. <laughs> you know? So keep a June Cleaver, Medea, check yourself with those two. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I'll, I'm going to include your freebie, and I, I would encourage anyone who's listening and she finds themselves fitting exactly the description Octavia is talking about, you know, hop on to her, download her freebie and look at that chest checklist for decision fatigue. Um, yeah, and thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me, Rachel. <laughs> I so appreciate this so much. It was so fun. It would be fun chatting with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, she is not too wild. <laughs> no, no, I love it. No, no, I, it was fun. I, I, I enjoy these a lot. So it's, I think it's so fun to chat with people and hear their story and where, you know, kind of what keeps them going. And I think, I think everybody can learn a little bit from different people's journeys and stories. And that's kind of my goal with, with doing these. Hopefully people can, you know, learn more about what you've done, get some inspiration. I know I'm leaving with Octavia motivational quotes today. So, (laughs) (laughs) and thank you, Rachel, for this great work, because I think people don't think about passion and stories and really taking their interest and saying, how can I use this gift for the world? Because I think we're all born with a gift. We don't really, sometimes we don't realize it, but we all were born here to do something special and to give out to everyone else. So thank you for the opportunity and highlighting these. Every yes. Yes. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Passion Stories. If you've been looking to make a career transition into more purposeful work or have been sitting on a business idea around one of your passions, consider checking out the Passion and Purpose program, where we get you clear on what you want to do next professionally and help you develop an action plan to meet your goals. You can learn more at the link in the show notes or schedule a call to see if the Passion and Purpose program can help you with your career goals.